UFC 255 this weekend. There's only one man who has the skill and the will to get the people excited for the card. The people's champ is in the house, the silky voice bandit. John Morgan, welcome back to Submission Radio. And John, I've noticed you've got all those figurines behind you. You've got that beautiful DC one. When's the John Morgan figurine coming out, man? Ah, that's a great question. I got I to gotta get with the boys over at MMA Bobblehead and figure that out. You know, load them up in the blue shirt, maybe a little maybe a little MacBook on the side, a little camera, something like that. We'll, we'll get it one of these days, one of these days. I'm thinking they take the Stone Cold Steve Austin one uh, where he's got the two beers and they just put your head on top of it and then, <laughs> and then we're good to go. Job done. I mean, you think about it, our physiques are really pretty much about the same anyway. So, I mean, you just switch out the head, the beer's there. I like it. I like where your head's at. It's like back in the day, Barbie would have the whole sets where you can get the Barbie kitchen and all that stuff. I never had any of it. I just saw it in the store. So John Morgan could have, you know, the John Morgan bar, the John Morgan travel kit, the John, you know, the John Morgan microphone. There's so many good accessories. It will be like Malibu Stacy all over again. <laughs> I've always thought about that. I want to be just like Malibu Stacy. I've always <laughs> thought that my whole life, and it's all it's coming true. Yep, yep. Uh, removable black leather vest, just like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, <laughs> but somebody who isn't like Malibu Stacy, John, obviously before we talk UFC 255, we've got to look forward to UFC 256 because it's a card that, let's be honest, it is stronger than this weekend's fights, but it is still lacking star power department. Tony Ferguson has been voting vocal about getting on the card it seems like he wants to help the card out put some star power on there but what do you make of the radio silence between the ufc and himself and sort of you know the ufc actually booking him and, and announcing the fight and getting him on there against michael chandler i mean listen you never know exactly what's going on behind the scenes right and if you'll notice ufc president dana white you know hasn't been coming to a lot of the press conferences lately i mean we've been doing twice a week when you consider contender series and the weekly events and he he really hasn't been showing up much and um honestly i just think it's it's because he doesn't really like answering the i don't know maybe blah 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 he, he knows what questions we're going to ask he knows that we're all curious about that stuff so you never really know how close things are behind the scenes but you're right i mean uh tony ferguson's out there campaigning openly and uh, man, I, I don't see why you wouldn't try to make that fight happen. I mean, I, I love the idea of him and Michael Chandler. Uh, I think it's, it makes a heck of a lot of sense given that, you know, it still seems like we're doing Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier January 23rd. Now, you know, things may switch up a little bit. We'll see. Um, but I, I would love to see that fight come to fruition. Um, we'll just, we'll just have to wait and see. It's kind of the frustrating thing about this year. And, and I've gotten used to it over time. It's just like, Man, you can be like two weeks out from a card and not really know exactly what's going on and what's mm. happening. Just the way the the way the system is now, but you know, it looks like we're getting back a little bit. I mean, right? We're getting like bout announcements for like February right now, which is a good thing. Um, I just think it's been such a, a a weird, wild world that we didn't know. And listen, I, I think the, the the results of the presidential election were important to the UFC as well. You know, there's a lot of rumblings behind the scene that. Um, you know, had Trump been reelected, uh, you know, that he would really be pushing towards, you know, opening events back up. And, and that doesn't seem like um, that's the direction that the, that the Biden uh, camp is going to go in. So, um, you know, I think a lot of that all factored in. You know, are we going to have crowds? Or are we not? What are, you know, what are we going to be dealing with? And I think now that there's a little bit more understanding of what we're dealing with, I think now we'll start to get some resolution in some of these open questions. Mm, it's fascinating because uh, you have these pay-per-views coming up, UFC 255, UFC 256 to finish off the year, but not exactly the strongest cards. After what has been actually a pretty interesting year in the world of MMA with some crazy fights actually coming together. I'm curious though, John, do you think uh, we've seen Ferguson on the Khabib McGregor card before? It looked like a great spot for him just in case something happened to one of the guys in the main event. Do you think they might be holding out uh, to maybe put Tony on this Connor Dustin card just in case? You never know what's going to happen during these COVID times. Plus, 
always great if he gets that win. You know, it's big for his what's next if he's on the same card as those guys too. Yeah, you know, I think that definitely factors in. I think the other thing that factors in is just getting a firm understanding of where Habib is. You know what I mean? Ali Abdelaziz is a longtime manager, of course, you know, recently tweeted out 30-0. and 0, uh, You know, seemed like kind of a hint that, hey, my guy's back. We're going to do this thing. But we don't know that for a fact yet. And, and I think they probably want a little bit of understanding of that. I, I, I love from the beginning that Dana White said, listen, we're not in a hurry to take the belt off Habib. You know what I mean? He's earned the right to take some time and figure things out. Um, it's clear they want to have him back. I mean, he's a, he's a global superstar star and, and, and it's understanding why they want to have him back um but but i think a lot of that depends because you know do, do, does does if, I, if we do tony and and uh and chandler for instance does that need to be for an interim title fight you know connor and dustin do we need to do that for an interim title fight or do we need to do it for a title fight you know undisputed title fight because if at that point by january 23rd if you know that habib is still in retirement boy it sure would be nice to wrap a belt around conor mcgregor right i mean uh, obviously a massive global superstar as well and anytime you can get championships involved as well that just kind of raises the stakes so i just to me i get the idea that there's just kind of no reason to rush right now i think the ufc has gotten used to putting things together on short notice lately um and, and i think they want to really understand before they rush into anything i mean um, man, there's key financial decisions to be made right now. The UFC is doing fantastic, um, but man, this is still a very, very much you know of an unknown world in, in terms of what COVID has done to you know all all, all businesses uh, and not just sports, you know all all business industries. So um, I think there's just a desire not you know to make sure we've got all the facts, make sure we've got everything in front of us before we make any more decisions. I mean that McGregor Dustin fight. It's not that long away. When do you actually think they're going to make this announcement that this fight is actually happening? It's pretty crazy. A Conor McGregor fight. You know, you need that build up. You need people to get excited. And also, January is a bit of a weird time because people are coming back from holidays. Um, they need to be aware there's a big fight happening. Yeah, I think so. And, and, and let's not forget, you have kind of the three week break uh, from the UFC, which uh, in some ways is welcome. I think we're all ready for a weekend <laughs> off. Mm -hmm. uh, but on the other hand, you know, that's that's a time that you're not getting those built in headlines where you're getting built in coverage. Right. Um, so I would think it, at the latest, you would want to have your announcement ready to go by the last pay-per-view. Right. I mean, I think you'd want mm -hmm. it to be ready by USC 256, you know, make the big announcement on 256. Then you get you know, a little bit of holidays, but, uh, you know, you can run your commercials and your stuff. You know, you won't be on TV. You won't be on ESPN. But, you know, you can put all your your, your advertising and stuff in there with those other big bowl games, you know, playoff games, all, all that sort of thing. So, um, you know, I, I think you would want to do it by the USC 256 at the latest. Now, in terms of the stakes, that's interesting, too, right? Because you just announced the fight and you got announced that Conor McGregor is involved in it. You got yourself a hit, man. People are going to want to tune in. When do you need to announce what the stakes are in terms of mm. is it for a title fight? Is it for an undisputed? You know, I, I think you can do that a little bit later. I think you can wait till January to do that. And, you know, you could tie in something with Habib. So I don't think they're in much of a rush to do that. But I, I'd have to think by UFC 256, they'd want to start advertising for it. Although they don't have to sell tickets. That's the, that's, the, that's the biggest thing. You don't have to sell tickets anymore. So, you know, sometimes the lead up might not be as important as we think. Mm, so definitely you believe that there won't be any people at this one. I know that... Uh, Cowboy Stadium apparently has been doing some capacity crowds where there's like a percentage or whatever. I don't know. Conor McGregor wanted to go there. You're you're of the belief that it'll just be sort of at the apex, like usual, um, like we've been watching regularly. The caveat would be unless we go to Abu Dhabi to do it. Um, if it's on Fight Island, they've got a brand new arena ready to go there they were trying to get it open in time for habib's fight but they just couldn't get the construction wrapped up on it and and, and it wasn't completely done and because of that they couldn't hold events but they've got a brand new 
Etihad Arena seats like 18,000 people, um, and and the the UAE government um, was ready to try to start doing uh, you know some fans at that one. Now, obviously, it would be limited, like you said, um, but you know they've they've been testing a vaccine over there. They've got all these. Um, testing procedures in place and you know they think they've got a system in place that'll work with the UFC's protocol to have fans Um, and from what I've heard behind the scenes uh, the Abu Dhabi government would absolutely love to have Conor McGregor fight in Abu Dhabi I mean you you understand this partnership of course is is all about marketing um, Abu Dhabi and the UAE as a tourist destination and everything they want to do they want to do premium they want to do big time they don't want to just do a little bit of a partnership you know they want to blow it out of the water and so I've heard that they would very much like to have Conor McGregor fight there um, in January. Now, whether that happens or not, I don't know. Whether or not they can pull this fans off thing, I don't know. But I know they're trying to make it happen. So if it does, it does. I don't think in the United States it'll happen. I just don't. It just doesn't seem to be the way things are trending right now. And, I, and Dana White has made it clear, too, that you know he doesn't want to go to Cowboy Stadium and do it at 25% capacity. I mean, it sounds enticing. I mean, 25% capacity could still be like 25,000 people. Mm. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Um, so it sounds enticing, but I, I just don't think um, Dana is a fan of that visual of just kind of spacing out there and and, and not looking. When they if, when they do that, when they do Cowboy Stadium eventually at some point, hopefully, when they do a, Allegiant Stadium, which you got to think the brand new stadium here in Las Vegas, that's got to be a destination at some point. I mean, I think they're going to want to have fans there. Like right now. You know, Allegiant Stadium here in Las Vegas, the Raiders are playing in front of no fans. You got that brand mm. new, I believe it was, a, I, I want to say it was a, a billion dollar stadium. It may have been a little bit more. I think, it, in fact, I think it was like $1.9 billion all in Jeez. now that I remember. It looks so um, cool. And, 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 it does look really cool, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, it's a pretty cool addition to the strip. But yeah, I mean, they're playing games with no fans in there. So um, I, I really don't think it, if it happens in the United States, I don't think it happens with fans. If it happens in Abu Dhabi, then I think maybe there's some fans there. The Abu Dhabi factor could also be good because it could offset the, the you know, if there were not too many fans and not too many ticket sales, I imagine the Abu Dhabi government would be paying a lot of money just to get the UFC to bring Conor McGregor over to them. It would also be interesting because um, I wonder what the reception would be like for Conor. Like, Dustin's fought there before. I think he earned a lot of people's respect in Abu Dhabi, uh, even though he lost to Habib. And obviously, they're all massive Habib fans over there. So I wonder what reception Conor mm-hmm. would get um, even though I'm sure people will be very excited to see him there regardless, but I wonder if he'd be kind of going into almost enemy territory. Um, and also with Tony Ferguson, I wonder if it's kind of helping the UFC to keep him available just in case they want that extra leverage to be like, hey, we'll give this fight to Tony. Don't you Don't you think that you're locked into this, whether they say that to Connor or, or Dustin? Um, but if <clears throat> Connor McGregor can go in there and beat Dustin, which is a massive, massive if he obviously accepted a fight with uh, RDA over Twitter, as is customary, Conor McGregor basically accepts fights with anybody and everybody these days. What do you think the the likely progression would be for him? Do you think RDA would make any sense, or do you think the UFC would just see that as a fight and say, ah, you know, maybe too risky and not really much of a point? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I I, I like the call out from RDA, and, and listen, it, it made sense. I mean, the way he laid it out there, right? That we were either the only two real champions. Champions, you know these interim champions, uh, they shouldn't count, and, and and I think it does make sense. And look, it's a fight that was supposed to happen, right? I mean, it's it's been lined up before, um, but I, I just don't know. I don't see. I think I think RDA is is, and I mean no disrespect to him whatsoever, but he's been away from the division too long. I think he's still got to come in and get another fight or two. So I mean, look, I do see scenarios in which it w- could happen, um, but I don't see it being as the, the the primary scenario. And again, 
you know, a lot of that's going to factor into what Habib does as well. I mean, the UFC would absolutely love to put Conor and Habib back together. I mean, that is the absolute biggest fight they can make right now. I mean, maybe Adesanya Jones would end up being, you know, as big. But I just, man, when you think on a global scale of how to, how big those two fighters are in Conor and Habib and how they have, you know, separate fan bases and separate nations and, you know, backgrounds and, and all these things. I mean, I... They're the two biggest stars in the in the sport right now, and so putting them back together would be huge. But you know, Habib's made it clear he doesn't really doesn't really want those headaches, and, and he doesn't necessarily need them. So there's just and it's it's one of those things where I see scenarios in which it could happen where where Connor and RDA could meet next. But I don't know that it necessarily is the one that just sticks out at you. It's, yeah, this is this is the way we gotta go. You know what I mean? So um, I I like the call out. I don't know that it necessarily comes to fruition. If it does happen at the apex, that oh man, imagine Conor McGregor walking out of because we all saw it with Anderson Silva, which we thought might have been his last fight. He came out, you know, no, no fans, you know, he came out first. I mean, I mean, he came, yeah, he came out first, I believe, and it was so anticlimactic. It was so different to see him, you know, walking through the corridor, everyone going crazy, everyone loving the entrance music. So I'd love to see Conor McGregor coming out to his music. No, he's just walking around in silence, looking at nobody. And then throughout the fight, you could just hear everything they were going to say. It's actually quite interesting just to think about what that even looks like. And I wonder what he actually performs like in that environment. But anyway, we'll see what happens later and where that goes. Let's talk about UFC 255, because in terms of stop power, John, what would you say about this event? I mean, a lot of people are very uh, critical on it. And I guess for good reason, a lot of new names on the card. Some people are saying this is possibly one of the worst UFC pay-per-view lineups we've seen in quite some time. Would you say so? I don't know, man. I, I, I get it. It's hard to criticize because the way you judge is by what's at the top, right? I mean, that's that's what you look at is what's the headliner. That's that's the one. Is that the does it have Conor McGregor? Does it have Habib Nurmagomedov? Does it have Israel Adesanya? Does it have John Jones? You know what I mean? That's what you're looking for, and you don't have that here to call it the you know the worst pay per view lineup. I, I don't know. I'm. I mean, listen. I, I understand. I'm one of the, like the most like into the fandom there there is. I like. I'm down. I want to see the fight, and I can tell you, like, I am truly excited. Devison Figueredo is a guy that I love to watch fight, man. From the very beginning, when he first debuted in the UFC, I thought, oh, my God, this dude can be a champ. And the way, as a flyweight, he goes out there and absolutely just finishes people, whether it be through powerful striking, grappling game as well, just in intimidating. Man, I've never seen a, a flyweight that has that kind of intensity uh, and that kind of – man, it's tough. And against Alex Perez, that's an interesting fight. Now, with Valentina Shevchenko – I get it. You know, it, it, Jennifer Maya, not many people are giving her much of a chance. I think Valentina is like a 12 to 1 favorite, um, it, you know, according to the odds makers. And, and I can't argue with that at all. But with Valentina Shevchenko, I almost think about it like in fights I used to like with Demetrius Johnson. You know, Demetrius Johnson, mm. I'll be honest, I didn't pick against him for a long time. Uh, but man, I, I, I just, it was an honor to watch the guy fight. I mean, the dude's one of the best martial artists you'll ever see. And I feel like Valentina Shevchenko is that as well. Not just one of the best female mixed martial artists you'll see, just literally one of the best martial artists you'll ever see. So do I really like, like Jennifer Maia's chances? No, I don't like Jennifer Maia's chances in the fight, if I'm being honest with you. But I like the fact that I get to see Valentina and Shevchenko perform. So for me, I am I am keyed up about those. Now, the difference is I don't have to go well, I don't know. I mean, look, Tim Means and Mike Perry should be fantastic. Paul Craig and Shogun Hua, I mean, that's that should be fun. So I don't hate this lineup at all. But do, do I understand people saying, hey, 
Maybe this is one I don't have the money to, to pay for, especially as we head into the holidays. Totally get it. Maybe this is one where, you know, I normally watch alone, but I'm going to have to, you know, chip in with friends or whatever. Totally get it. I'm not going to sit here and tell you the greatest pay-per-view of all time and make sure you pay 60 bucks and make sure you don't miss it. No. But I will tell you that if, if somebody's telling you it's just horrible and not worth your time at all, I would have to disagree with that. Mm. I want to get into this uh, Mike Perry versus Tim Means fight because it's got fun written all over it. There's a lot to get into. But just quickly, while you're talking about things to get into and things that are worth it, we've got to remind everybody, Manscaped.com giving out crazy discounts at the moment on their Lawnmower 3.0, the only tool you need to be shaving your balls or really anything for that matter. they got ear and nose trimmers as well, so you can shave your nose hairs and your ear hairs. You can look like... Pretty much the premium alpha male that you always wanted to look at. And if you use the code submission, you get 20% off. Isn't that right, Dennis? Yeah, man. I've been really interested in this product, uh, the foot duster right here. If you look at it, look at that. You quickly spray that on your feet after a big day and they smell amazing. You don't have to uh, clear out the office anymore with those stinky feet. Jump into manscaped.com right now. Use the code word submission. Get your 20% off and free shipping now. There's an amazing array of products on there. So jump on the website and look right through them. It's a lot more than just uh, shavers and nose trimmers. They have all sorts of products to get you ready for the harsh summer here in Australia. By the way, if you are like us, surfing all the darkest places of the internet, downloading pretty questionable things at times, you do want to make sure that you're doing it safely. Now, PureVPN is giving out crazy savings, even better than they previously were. We're going to let you guys in on the Black Friday early uh, specials. The Black Friday deal is now live, and there's three plans on offer as usual, right? The, there's the standard one, which is monthly at $10.95 USD. There is the middle. This one is just crazy. Five-year special at $1.40 a month which is an 86 percent off uh is just that's just a ridiculous discount then on the right you got a one-year deal which is four dollars 16 a month and that is 62 percent off but if you use the code submission you get a further 10 percent off and it's going to help you a lot when you want to surf the internet safely and also browse streaming services such as netflix and hulu and all sorts of other ones in different regions isn't that right dennis that's right. You want to get the best prices for all your Christmas presents. You don't want to pay full price like those fools in the real world, mm. but you don't want to have shame in your game as well. So go to purevpn.com forward slash submission right now. Get that extra 10% off. These deals are amazing. Those prices are in USD, but you can't get any better than that. The deal is only around for around seven days. So jump on it now. That is purevpn.com forward slash submission with the code word submission for that extra 10% off. Now, uh, John, speaking of that, uh, Tim Means, Mike Perry fight, we got to get into it because you mentioned it before. It is a fun one indeed. And it's possibly one of the fights that a lot of people are kind of overlooking a little bit on this card. Tim Means, a veteran, a guy that's been in there for a really long time. And Mike Perry um, was able to pick up that win against Mickey Gall and is always sort of uh, in the public side for various reasons. What are you expecting from this matchup? And I mean, what kind of Mike Perry do you think we'll see in there against the crafty veteran like Tim Means? Yeah, that's what's intriguing me. You're right. I, I, you know, whether you want to say it's a pay-per-view level fight or not, I don't see how it's not entertaining. And to me, it's it, it fits in here real nicely in kind of that third slot on the card. So, um, I think this is a big test uh, for, for for Mike Perry, man. I really do. Tim Means um, does get hit. I mean, Tim Means takes some damage, but the thing is, uh, he takes it and keeps moving. Now, can he do that against Mike Perry? We'll find out. Um, I, I think that's what we're going to have to see here. Uh, to me, it just I, this looks like an early candidate for fight of the night. Although, with uh, looking down on the prelims, Brandon Moreno versus Brandon Royval is a ridiculous fight as well. You don't even have to pay for that one. Uh, so, listen, I think this is a big test for Mike Perry, and just to kind of see, you know, where Mike Perry is at. You know, I mean, uh, you know, this this whole thing with 
how he's handling his corner and how he's handling his training and the, the direction that he's taking his whole career. And as you said, you know, he's had some, some, some bad days in the news and some things that we've seen behind the scenes in his personal life. So I think it's very intriguing to see how he comes out here and performs, where his head's out, where his focus is at, where his progression is at. Because uh, against Tim Means, if you make a mistake, you'll have to pay for it. And, and I think, you know, Tim Means can, can survive a little bit of that early barrage and, you know, maybe drag you into deep waters if necessary. So um, I, I, I like this. I like this fight a lot, man. I think Mike Perry does have what it takes to get it done. Um, but, man, Tim Means, you, you can never count that man out of a fight. Mm. Well, it stays on the feet. It's going to be exciting. <clears throat> and then, of course, we, in the main event, Davison Figueredo defends his title against Alex Perez. Perez, you know, being able to go from the Dana White Contender Series to a title shot in a very short amount of time. But he's had some impressive submission wins, a statement TK over uh, Juicy Formiga. Who do you think is walking away as the champ here? Because this is another one that I know I know is not the, the I know doesn't have the biggest names, but I feel like we are starting to see, you know, the beginning of the legacy of Davis and Figueroa because thus far he's been very exciting. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I like I mean, I, I do believe that Alex Perez probably got rushed here just a little bit, um, but he's here. And it's not that he hasn't shown that he's capable. He's definitely capable. Um, he's well-rounded, as you said. He's, he's had some some interesting TKO finishes, some great submissions as well. Um, the guy has the skills to get it done. But Devison Figueredo's a beast, and that's what I'm kind of intrigued about here is, is what happens with Devison Figueredo, man. I, I think this guy is an absolute monster. But he's just getting started, and if you're if you're truly great, you got to do it for a while. You got to have longevity, um, you know. And and he's done some great things to get to this point. And he looks like, um, damn, I mean, the, the guy that fought Joseph Benavides looked damn near unbeatable to me. Um, but we'll find out if he can if he can uh, you know kind of deliver on that again. It's as they say, it's easier to become champion than it is to stay champion. Mm. Legend Shogun on the card as well. So stuff to look forward to this weekend. Of course, follow the man at MMA Junkie John. And we'll be waiting for this figurine, John. We can't wait. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, it won't be ready by Christmas. I'm sure my girlfriend would love a John Morgan figurine under the tree. Where's my jewelry? You don't need it. You got a John Morgan figurine. But <laughs> alas, we wait for the future. Thank you so much, my friend. Enjoy the fights. Thanks, brother. Always a pleasure.